Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Um, I was looking at your uh, uh, impressive uh, tweet list from uh, your, your various lessons learned, and uh, there was one of those that stood out to me, and I was hoping we could talk about it today. Sounds great. Uh, which one was it? This is one about ring fencing. And what you said is, here, I'll go ahead and read it out. Ring fencing people, like the rewrite team, the dedicated resource for the big customer, etc., is usually a crummy compromise to avoid making a tough priority call with the associated difficult conversation. I, I'd love to hear the story behind this, and because and, and, I, I think there's some interesting trade-offs involved. Yeah, well, which story do you want to hear? Because this is happening at loads of my clients. This is why I brought it out. The uh, tendency is to say, well, we want to do this thing, but we can't control ourselves. It, it's kind of like the person <laughs> who's addicted to uh, cake and who wants to have cake around, but wants to lock it behind a, a, a wall somewhere and say, okay, well, we just, we won't touch the cake. So uh, we, we're going to put these people in a special room and we won't touch them and we won't change anything for them. And we'll make sure that they are ring fenced. There's a fence around them so that they will do this particular thing that we have not been able to prioritize before. That's the crucial language that I often hear. We were trying, we were trying, we just couldn't do it. But the, the problem is you haven't been able to do it. There's some reason. <laughs> There's something that's happening. There's an entrenched interest that is, is um, throwing off your uh, uh, prioritization process. There's a person who is not approachable or who you feel you can't uh, influence. There's, there's, some, there's a client who has a lot of money and keeps telling you to do stuff even though you don't want to do it. There's something that is driving you to be unable to make the priority decision. And so you say, okay, fine. Well, I'm going to try and kind of make the, the, the control be somewhere else. I'm going to lock the cake in the cabinet. The problem is you still have the key to the cabinet. So you can still go <laughs> unlock the cabinet and take out your people or your cake and uh, go and do whatever it is that you, your kind of guilty pleasure that, that you, you didn't want to do. And, and that's what often happens is that this ring fencing doesn't solve the problem. It kind of staves it off for a short time. Okay, so this is interesting because uh, and this is I'm, I'm really glad we are uh, talking about this one because the, the picture in my head didn't match this at all. I, I thought you were saying that they would establish this ring fence and it would stay in place. But you're saying that actually they 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 say we're going to ring fence the people, but then they actually then turn around and violate it a short time well, later. And, and your case is true too. So that's the other bad thing that can happen is we ring fence these people, and then they went off and did this thing, and we don't quite remember why we ring fenced them in the first place. But they're still doing whatever <laughs> it is, even though we really wish they'd do something else. But we can't change it because we ring fenced them. Then you know we hired a bunch of people to be in this team, and we couldn't move them. We couldn't ask them to do something else because they're in the X team. And so that's right. equally bad. Okay, I got it. So it, one, so this is really interesting to me. So because it sounds like ring fencing then is a is a way that people are making a pre-committed decision to say, you know, we're going to do this, and we're then we're going to be no longer open to discussion. That's the intent. I mean, these people are ring fenced. We're setting them aside, and we, we we won't think about them and reconsider what they're doing. And we won't have to have that difficult conversation. We can avoid that, thank heavens. We don't have to confront this hard thing that's really bothering us. We can just put it in the cabinet and forget it. Right. And, and you're saying that there's, there's the, the two failure modes of that is, is one is uh, it, you, you immediately violate it. <laughs> or short, after a short while, you violate it. Or you don't when you maybe should have reconsidered. Exactly. Both are yep. I've seen both of those many times. Interesting. So, because it, 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 it was, I hear it. I think because you talked about this being a crummy compromise, and I, that's I think what what um, what struck me about it, which is it, it did feel like people were 
saying we're no longer going to use judgment from this point. You know, we, we uh, you know, we, we <laughs> no matter what comes up, our intention is to not reconsider because otherwise, you know, what's the purpose of the ring fencing? What, what is it that drives people to do this? You, you mentioned it's like something, uh, even an example where someone has, has have, have decided to do this kind of ring fencing. What was it that drove them to, to take that strategy? It was exactly what I was describing. They, they, when I asked, they said, well, we, we just could never prioritize this. We really wanted to do it, but we couldn't get it high enough, the priority, uh, high enough on the priority list. So we never put it into a sprint for a developer to actually write the code. So we said, well, let's, let's control ourselves. Let's force this to happen. The problem is they, they avoided the very interesting learning they could have had by discovering why the heck they couldn't put this on the list in the first place. What's stopping them? And right. once we discovered what that was, it was much easier to proceed and get things done, including this thing, without necessarily having to have the artificial ring fencing. I see. Okay. So so this is interesting because you're, you're, in a sense, it sounds like ring fencing is being done kind of as a type of prioritization, but as a way of avoiding a prioritization conversation. Is that right? Yeah, precisely. Interesting. So it's it's kind of a poor way of prioritizing in a very rigid way that, that doesn't let you have as much control as you might like um, and, and avoids the learning that you could get from having the difficult conversation about whether one thing actually is better than another. Right. Okay. So, so I think this is, I think I understand the outlines here and what, what came to mind as I read this and I thought about where people I've seen discuss this kind of ring fencing is to say things um, like, you know, we should be spending 20% of our resources on X, you know, whatever X is. And, uh, and so we're going to, we're going to go ahead and, and carve that out. And, and because it's, you know, we're going to make it sacrosanct, you know, we're, we're spending 20% on some sort of re remediation typically. Exactly. And, and I have no objection to the remediation, yeah. but I have an objection to the word should because, oh. yeah, because the, the idea that you should do it is dangerous, especially if you think of it as um, unchanging, right? We, mm. we always should, every team should, it shouldn't be 21 or 19. It should always be 20 and it should be this way. Very, very dangerous. It um, puts my hackles up right away. <laughs> so okay, I, I have a scenario here because I'm, I'm, I want to I want to test this because one one thing that I've seen is is people um, believe that they should be doing. And I, I'm using the word "should" there because this is the belief that there's there's some sort of activity that they uh, have trouble prioritizing. And this might be something like um, I don't know some you know some sort of remediation like reducing risks. You know they have a risk backlog, or uh, maybe they have no tests and they think they should be adding their um, they're, they're improving their test suite, or uh, they, they think they need better monitoring in production. Um, maybe maybe they think they should improve scalability. They, they, you know, one of these illities, something that, that where they don't uh, see immediate client-facing value, or, or more, more directly, actually, is this. Other things have short-term dollars attached. And they're competing with things that don't have short-term dollars attached. They have long-term dollars attached, but not short-term. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you avoid the tyranny of that short-term lure of, of sales, the promise of, of, of money soon, if we just had these features, you know, just, that's, that's my yeah, exactly. It's the just that's the killer. <laughs> let, let me suggest another way of doing the same thing. And, and let's see how we think about this one. It's got the same kind of characteristic. It's like locking the, um, the cake in the cabinet. Um, let's install electrodes in the necks of all of our developers, and we're going to give them electric shocks if they haven't um, built a test today. 
Uh, and that, that's what they go, as they start to leave the building or when they start to log off their computer and go, and they go, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to write a test today. Now, that would probably produce more tests. The problem is it would not cause alignment of the developers with the idea that tests are important. It would just cause alignment with the idea that you, they don't like electric shocks. So <laughs> the, the problem is the same idea for the ring fencing is that if you say that's the test team over there, they're going to build the tests, or each developer will spend the, an hour every morning writing tests. What you haven't done is overcome whatever it was, which we're not really covering in this podcast. We could do that in a future one. Whatever it is, because there's lots of different causes that are causing the developers not to say, hey, we really should write some tests. This would be a great idea. It would be something that we could do. And um, for others in the business to see that the short-term dollar benefit of cranking out another feature that's untested um, is outweighed by the long-term benefit of getting some tests in place so the feature you built yesterday still works. That's the conversation you're avoiding, either with the electric shocks or the ring fencing. And all I'm advocating here is uh, let's try not doing those uh, crude methods. Let's actually figure out what the barrier is and try to overcome it. That may lead to a rule like we're going to write tests every sprint, or we're going to make sure that most of the time when we build code, we're going to add tests. That would be a great rule for the team to have, but the ring fencing or the electric shocks both seem uh, overkill. Okay, so I think I understand here. It sounds to me like what you're valuing here is the alignment. You're saying that ring fencing, because it avoids the difficult conversation, fails to build alignment. And maybe, and maybe I'm just extending beyond it, because you haven't built the alignment, then people don't have real commitment to what the policy was behind the ring fencing. Exactly. Is, is it something like that? Okay. And I've seen many cases where they're, they're, the 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 the, the kind of crude method reinforces the idea that people should write tests and guess what? They write terrible tests. <laughs> the, the, the scenario I have in my head where I've come across this is um, people say it's, it's actually not about what the developers want, but they say that, Oh, the product managers won't let us write the tests. Mm -hmm. They keep demanding. We just crank out features and we never get to do anything technical. And then it's often this ring fencing comes as a uh, tactic by engineering management to say, right, well, look, we're going to go and just, we're just going to, we're going to lay down the law here. We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and dedicate a certain percentage of the engineering resources and make them unavailable to the business uh, as a way to ensure that we get this stuff done because it's so important. I'm going to put an extra lock on the, on the cabinet, you know, the lock I put in before, <laughs> I'm going to put in two locks and I'm going to put the keys in different parts of my, my home. Ex and yeah. it's going to be really hard for me to get, this. this doesn't work, right? The problem is you haven't aligned with the idea that maybe it's a good idea not to eat cake. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'm completely with you. Cause it, in, in this, uh, I remember we had the article we wrote last year on the walled garden, um, which I think is the, is the more extreme version of the you know, ring fencing, uh, which is where, where the technology uh, group creates a walled garden that the technology team lives behind. And that's kind of what we're doing with the ring fencing. You're making a very small walled garden for that group. You can go in there and you don't need to worry about the rest of the world. Um, and then as you say, the two bad things can happen. Either they become disconnected from the larger world or the, 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 the world breaks through the walls anyway, and everyone feels worse about it. So uh, uh, I think I understand what you're after. I really uh, like the fact that we talked this through. What you had in mind was very different than what I was thinking, but I could say I really like the, uh, the focus here on having the difficult conversations to, to, for the mutual learning purpose and then being able to then end up with uh, alignment and commitment uh, as the goal. I really like that, that approach. So thanks for sharing that with us.
Absolutely. Well, uh, if listeners agree or disagree, if you think ring, ring fencing is really working well for you, that we'd love to hear it. Uh, we'd like to hear different points of view. If you'd like to hear us talk more about what that alignment would look like and, and how you would get there, we can do that too. You can find us at agileconversations.com. There's our Twitter and email and free videos and all kinds of stuff there that you can look at, which we really like people to do. And of course, we'll be back here next Wednesday with another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Squirrel.